Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, and this is uh, Dr. John Wisworth talking to you live from Pearl River, Louisiana, and we have uh, Brother Hart with us today, and it's 3 p.m. Central Time in Louisiana and other places in this area, and it's a beautiful day that the Lord's made, and we're glad that you're going, uh, you're listening, or you will be listening to this most important topic, uh, the rapture, the best way, and we're going to be talking about the best way to go through the tribulation, the best way to go through it, um, since we're going to go through it, uh, and the rapture is going to happen after the tribulation, we want uh, to discuss, and and uh, Brother Hart's going to tell us the best way to go through a tribulation. Now, uh, our schedule of um, uh about the rapture and the tribulation is is uh, flexible because rely on anybody uh, to take care of him uh, because he preached. Uh, he worked for uh, his living. As a matter of fact, in Second uh, Thessalonians, if you got your Bible. Uh, in Second Thessalonians chapter three, I'm waiting for my Bible to crank up here. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter three, we find that Paul tells them uh, in Thessalonica uh, in verse eight, uh, he says there that neither did we eat man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example and sample unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. And Brother Hart's not a busybody. And he works and he preaches, and so he is uh, ready to tell us right now how to uh, uh, the best way to go through uh, the tribulation. So, Brother Hart, could you clue us in on that? Yeah, Doctor John. Uh, good afternoon. Good to uh, talk to everyone out there. Um, I think that uh, the rapture uh, is the best way to go through. And, and you better be in the rapture, I guess is what I'm saying. And the best way to do that, to go through it, is to be saved. You need to know that you are saved in order to be in on the rapture. So, you know, I'll start out by giving a little short synopsis of my salvation, my personal experience. You know, I was saved when I was back in, say, 20 years old, and I was in the Navy uh, during the Vietnam era. And... Uh, I was uh, on duty one night, uh, walking duty, uh, about midnight, and uh, I happened upon a um, Bible tract that was on a table, by, totally by itself, no one around. This is like midnight, uh, no one in the vicinity. I just happened to see that tract, and, and it, it drew me. For some reason, I went and picked that tract up and read it. I had no idea what it was. I had no idea what it was even thinking about God or anything about him at that time. And that track, his word, convicted me right there. And, you know, 
when I listened to those words and they got in my heart, and I, you know, tears well up, I, I realized my need of Him as a Savior, as the Savior. And that's what turned me in the right direction and got me going in the right way. Now, there's been a lot of up and down hills all the way, like everybody else, I'm sure, that has that experience. But um, we've come along and uh, tried to grow as time went on. But um, I'd say the best way that you can go through the rapture, uh, get to the rapture, and be involved in the rapture is to be saved. And, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't say or go about telling you a little bit about how we're going to say We'll give you some short information about that. How do we become born again, you know? Um, you know not everyone that will be a part of the soon-coming kingdom of Jesus Christ in, uh, after the tribulation in fact, Jesus said that few would be saved, John, and that that thought kind of scares me. You know, um, if there's only a few that have been that are going to be saved, as opposed to all the billions that are out there, um, you know, it's very important that you become saved. And uh, you know, how, how can we escape the rulership of the God of this world, Satan, if uh, you know we uh, don't become a part of the kingdom of God? And, you know, what do you do to do that? Uh, what really happened at Calvary? That's where we, we begin with this story. And Jesus states very clearly that an individual must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, let's first consider what really happened uh, at, at Calvary. Uh, there are three steps in the work of Christ there. His death, burial, and resurrection. Those three steps, and we'll shortly go through those. The Apostle Paul taught that Jesus Christ would take uh, claiming vengeance on all those who did not obey the gospel. So I'm assuming that all those people that are at the Armageddon during the war have not taken a part in that. And they will be in uh, under his vengeance at that time. So don't be among that number. Uh, take the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and, and be with him. Um, you know, how do you obey, obey the gospel? Well, you obey it by getting saved. The way you get saved is through those three steps that I was talking about, death, and we take on his death by repentance, which is a spiritual death. When a person truly repents, he dies out of his own will, and he renounces uh, that will forever and vows to live from time to time according to the will of Jesus Christ. So the first step is death, uh, followed by burial. In burial, we take on his burial by baptism in water, uh, by immersion into his name there. So you become baptized on, by submission of water. That's Romans 6, 4. It says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. Baptism must be done by immersion. And then finally, resurrection. Finally, we partake of the resurrection of Jesus Christ by the filling of the Holy Spirit. This is the new life that uh, enables us to live you know, as Christians should. So those are the three steps. Be sure you're included in that moment of, of salvation so that you can be for the rapture uh, and involved in that when the Lord comes back and takes us up. Um, John, there's an overview I plan to do here uh, you know, in a little timeline. I know we've gone over a lot of scriptures and we've, um, we've pretty well proved, uh, from my notion, we've proved that the post-tribulation, we, we proved when it is. Now, we want to go over and just give you an outlay of the different uh, time things that are going to happen 
throughout the tribulation, just a brief overview, so you can get an idea of where we come in uh, with the rapture and all that. So, um, you know, there's seven years, uh, Daniel's week, it's called Daniel's week, it's seven years of tribulation, or it's supposed to be um, in that area, so there's a seven-year uh, pact. There'll be a seven-year pact that'll be signed, John, by the um, Antichrist. That kicks off the uh, seven years of um, tribulation. And uh, well, who's, who's he going to sign it with? Okay, he's going to be signing it amongst many other leaders. He'll be in in the middle. He'll be in that group, and and you may not know him. You may not see, you know, understand who that is. Maybe the people that have studied and studied this will be able to figure out at that point maybe who he is or have a good idea. Um, many others probably won't because he's going to be amongst a lot of them. So um, there will be several, several uh, leaders that will sign that seven-year peace treaty uh, with Israel. So that kicks it off at the beginning, and then you've got seven years after that. The first three and a half years, of course, the Antichrist is going to be gaining power. He's going to be setting up his rule and trying to take over all the nations, and he will be be doing a good job of that because he will will get to that point. And you know, at the end of the three-and-a-half-year segment, um, in the midweek, that's when he will feel like he's got gained control of most of the world, I think. And he will stand up in the temple. This is a big point. It's called the Abomination of Desolation. He stands up in the Temple Mount over there. Of course, Israel will have built their temple during the period, the tribulation period, and, and they will be uh, receiving sacrifices there and all. Well, he'll stand up in the temple and stop that sacrifice, and he'll proclaim that no more sacrifice is required because he is now calling himself God. He's superior over everybody. So, And this great event is called the Abomination of Desolation. That begins actually the last three and a half years, and that's really the great tribulation, the last three and a half years. Most people think that there's seven years of tribulation. It's really three and a half years at the end is when, uh, you know, the devil comes back and, uh, and, the, and the Antichrist uh, continues to, uh, to rule, and, and he rules with a rod there. But okay, well, let me ask you this. Or, or, or is, uh, now, so the first three and a half um, uh, years after this treaty is signed, right? Yeah. Right. And in and, and three, and three and a half years uh, after the treaty is signed, uh, now this treaty is signed between world leaders and Israel? Right. Okay. And, and the Antichrist. Now, where's the Antichrist? <clears throat> is he a world leader or, you know, he how's will, he figuring that? He will be in the, in the background there somewhere. I don't know exactly. You know, he probably will be one of the world leaders. He'll have to be a pretty predominant uh, factor in it, uh, you know, to be up there to be one of the persons that signed that covenant, agreed to that covenant. So he would have to be a leader. So he may be a leader of a small country that's included in that, that pact with Israel. Okay, so it's a pact with Israel, so that's uh, something that we can look forward to or look out at and try to observe that there's this treaty that's signed with Israel, and um, Israel has signed uh, treaties with uh, other leaders in the yeah. past, and um, uh, they haven't panned out to be the one. Uh, right, and, and we're so waiting on that one to get here, and 
it looks like this year, uh, you know, uh, Clinton tried it and Bush tried it and now Obama is trying it and he's trying desperately to get, get uh, them together. They are getting together with their, um, their reasoning on that, and I understand there's two major issues that are separating them from having uh, being able to sign this peace treaty. And that is, uh, you know, the, uh, some of the land over there that was taken by, by Israel in the 67 war will have to be given, would have to be given back to the Arabs for them to agree to a peace treaty. So that's one issue. And then the other issue is the Temple Mount, being able to, uh, for the Jews to set up their temple on the Temple Mount there. And that'll be a shared process, John. They're going to share that. That's what, that's how that's going to get worked out, it looks like. Um, they will have a temple there next to the Dome of the Rock. You know, the Dome of the Rock is there. Uh, the Arabs, uh, I think that's their third uh, highest uh, worship place uh, in the world, and second or third, I'm not sure of that. But um, it will be there next to the temple. Of course, the temple is the main thing that will be there during the seven years. So, you know, that will come, in, come into play as uh yeah, and this is the timing when the Satan, remember Satan was up in up in heaven and, and he has a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fight against the dragon, that's Satan, and the dragon fought, you know, also with his angels and prevailed not. Um, it says neither was there uh, any place found in heaven for him anymore. So the devil is being cast out down to the earth. And it says right at the end of that scripture, it says, Woe to the inhibitors of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time. Right. He has a short time. He's got a 1,260 days, and he knows he is hell-bent on trying to take out as many people as he can. So that's when this last three-and-a-half years start, and when the Antichrist, the Satan dwells into the Antichrist, and he assumes the the powers that he has and so we continue on let me ask you this saying yeah. that the temple uh this muslim uh dome of the rock or, or they've got a mosque on the uh foundation of old solomon's temple right i believe so okay and so you're saying that uh israel uh is going to build on this foundation also a um, uh, a synagogue, yeah, or a temple. They'll have the third temple. It will be the third temple, and that will well, be boy. Everything's gonna be kind of hunky dory, and everybody's gonna be getting along for that thing to happen. Huh? Well, they're gonna be getting along only because the United Nations are gonna be controlling that. See, they're gonna be the Israelites and the Arabs are gonna be put under Jewish under uh, <clears throat> the United Nations control, and. So the United Nations is going to play, play police on that and make sure that they keep the peace. That's the only way the peace is probably really going to continue. But that's the way it's going to happen. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I was uh, I went to the VA this morning and uh, give uh, do some lab work, my blood work done. And I was waiting there, and I was reading the Navy Times, and they were saying an article in there, some admiral, um, came out and said that uh, there's no more language to refer to the Islamic religion as violent. 
So they're erasing that. Uh, you can't talk about the Islamic religion uh, in a negative way and say it's a violent religion uh, or anything like that. Um, And so here we go with the military going further into politically correct and watering down our, uh, let's say, our watchfulness of this of this religion that is very violent and very anti, uh, well, anti-Christ, anti um, our country. Um, I was listening to Rush a little bit, and he was saying how that they're making these uh, detainees were mocking and making laughing about the 3,000 people dying at 9-11 during a trial. It's it's really, I mean, you know, stupid uh, how much uh, this country, our leaders, are going to try to be politically correct um, and allow all of these criminals uh, to have a say, but I guess uh, that that's part of the uh, the um, uh, working into uh, this uh, agreement that uh, the whole world's going to have with Islam, and uh, and so that Israel can build this temple. You know, I mean, it's all uh, working toward that. Yeah, Would you agree, Okay. So what's your next point? uh, As we move on, that's a good point uh, with all that. uh, uh, Three and a half years is going to be a horrible time. Uh, Millions and millions of people are going to die. You know, at the end of it, of course, there's the great news, and that's where everybody's looking at. Then comes the rapture. At the end of the tribulation, the Lord will come back. That will be the rapture. You know, where it says in uh, Matthew, we're talking about immediately after the tribulation of those days. So that's after the last three and a half years is finished. That's the tribulation. At the end of that, it says immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And I skip down and it says, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So there you have it, John. That's the rapture. That's the end of the tribulation right before Armageddon. He's coming back. He's taking his his bride. And immediately after that, they're going to catch away. And the, the angels are going to catch them and bring them up to the Lord in the air. And then they'll have a marriage supper there. Christ returns. What? What? What scripture was that you were talking about uh, from all parts of heaven? About Matthew, uh, in Matthew 24, 29 through 31. Okay. The angels uh, receive the people that come up. Okay. So they're received, and then um, the marriage supper takes place in the sky with the Lord. and of course, we've given our our rewards. Anything that that uh, we deem we need to uh, listen to him and uh, just have a great time, wonderful time at the supper there in the sky. And then once that finishes all, it, it uh, he will then descend to the Mount of Olives where the Jews are. Because you know the Jews are down there. Israel is about to be is being attacked by. Uh, the Antichrist and all its conglomerates. 
And so when the Jews look like that they're about to be wiped out as, as all the, the uh, Antichrist comes down, you know, that's when the Lord goes to and, and saves the rest of Israel there. says that he descends to the Mount of Olives, Olives there and he touches down at the Mount of Olives. That's the first place that he touches down. And the, the Jews then see who he really is and see him for who he really is finally, that they missed the Christ. And then, you know, they uh, ask for forgiveness. And, of course, Jesus does exactly what he always does. When you ask forgiveness, he, he grants you forgiveness. So they get saved, the rest of them there. I think two-thirds of the, of the Jewish nation is going to be wiped out in the Battle of Armageddon but a third is going to be saved. And so he says all of Israel will be saved at that point. Um, you know, the, the Antichrist uh, is uh, then taken uh, after the Armageddon. Of course, we go with the Lord after uh, the meeting at, on the Mount of Olives. We will go to, with the Lord to the Battle of Armageddon, and he'll make quick quick, uh, quick work of all the individuals there, and uh, they will all be taken care of and uh, killed. It's a massive battle that's in Armageddon. I don't know the, the, the um, I don't have the scriptures in front of me that talk about that, but it's interesting to see that uh, at the Battle of Armageddon, uh, we it will be the worst battle in history of the entire world. So, you know, Revelation 14:20 says that blood came out of God's wine press, even unto the horses' bridles. Imagine that, John, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. That's 160 miles, people. The blood is up to the horse's bridle. Uh, the battle of Armageddon will be fought over ownership of Jerusalem. It's always been about Jerusalem, uh, John. It's always been. The, the Lord's city is Jerusalem, and, of course, anything that the Lord wants, the devil wants too. And so he's trying to take that over. So... Yeah, we, here we have it. We're down to um, the end of the Armageddon. Um, you know, I have a question that, that's interesting, John. It says, uh, you know, after Armageddon and after, uh, you know, we're all, we're all finished there, he says, why does the Lord uh, loose the devil? You know, the, le- the devil is pinned up for a thousand years uh, at the, uh, in this, during this Battle of Armageddon. Uh, the devil and the false prophet are, are bound up for a thousand years, and then after that thousand years, he is loosed one more time to get out there and to try and uh, pull some more people against the Lord. And that's exactly what he does. And the Lord gives him that opportunity. He brings him back at the end of the thousand years, and he says he's loosed one more time to deceive the nations. So. You got any idea as to why he does that? Well, uh, what's the the uh, purpose well, the behind? Well, there's to deceive the nations. I'll tell you what I believe it is personally. I think that those individuals, there will be people, lots of people left that will populate the earth, and those will be people that have not taken the Lord as their Savior yet. So they'll be populating the earth again for the next thousand years. And they will be spared, I believe. Uh, you know, at some point, I think that God will give them the opportunity to make a choice 
finally to make that final choice. And when they don't make the right choice and they follow the devil, of course, the Lord makes quick work of, the, of everybody that's left, the devil included, and then the devil and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire and the rest of the people are dead from that. So, yeah, I think the Lord is going all the way to the end, giving everybody as much of a chance as he can for them to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. Okay, so he's going to come back at the Battle or the battle of Armageddon, and so uh, that's where he sets up his, uh, his um, capital city in Jerusalem and rules the world from there. Is that correct? Well, I'm not sure that he rules from Jerusalem. I think he wants to rule from Jerusalem. He actually is, is back over, you know, the, uh, the false prophet and all is involved in, in Rome in that area. So I think uh, headquarters may be in Rome. Uh, he tries to invade Jerusalem, but he doesn't make, he's not able, successful, you know, to do that. Uh, Lord oh, they, yeah, okay, yeah, I, no, I didn't mean the Antichrist, I, thought, I meant Jesus Christ. Yeah. After yeah. Uh, the Battle of Armageddon. Right, I thought you were talking about the Antichrist, I'm sorry. Yeah, the uh, Lord will come back and, you know, Jerusalem will be, he will set up his uh, kingdom there, and uh, David will be the ruler there. Under him, I guess, and uh, it will be a thousand years of a beautiful time when, when you know, uh, it, it's a great time to live. At that. Well, what about Rome? Is Rome? Uh, what about the Pope during this period of time? Rome is, is is taken out, and I believe the Lord. And I don't know the chapters right now, but I know there's two chapters that are devoted to. Uh, the abomination or the um, uh, the doing away with Rome. Uh, I think Rome is uh, part of the, the totally part of the system or, or a be part of the system, really, um, for the Antichrist. And so, uh, you know, the Lord is going to uh, take that out. He, he will destroy that, and he, he gives, like I said, two chapters of interest, and we really should cover that sometime and talk about... Uh, Rome, because uh, he abhors the you know all the the blood that's at the hands of uh, Roman, the Catholics, and and those people back there in, in Rome, uh, the Antichrist. Okay, so uh, what, what I can just from what I I can observe or uh, conclude from what you're telling me is that um, after a thousand years, uh, Satan's going to be loosed, and I'm just thinking right now that let's say like the Vatican, the Vatican City and the people in Rome in that area, uh the Catholics, Roman Catholics, the religion is a lot stronger in Europe and in Italy in that uh compared to the the strength of uh its power here in the United States. And so that during this thousand years that Jesus rules from Jerusalem, uh there might be a few unbelievers uh, over here in the United States, uh, let's say in North America, uh, be, because of the distance that it is from Jerusalem, you know. So I, I can, with that in mind, I can say, well, okay, uh, there might be a few unbelievers when Satan comes out and uh, uh, he has power to deceive again. Uh, and so uh, God's got to do his thing again after a thousand years. 
Yeah, but I'd like to do a program on Rome, um, and, and and on Rome and uh, its power and how powerful it's going to be when uh, well, uh, where, uh, before the tribulation. Yeah, Rome's power will be in during the tribulation. The last three and a half years, the Antichrist will be set up, and the false prophet will be there, and they'll totally control totally control things from that area. So, you know, they're at the middle of all of it. And okay, well, let's set up another radio program in about a week uh, and go over that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, in, in just to summarize what we went over today, because we're about a minute, uh, is to um, uh, to make sure how you're not going to go through, or the best way to go through the tribulation, excuse me, is to uh, be saved. And yeah. uh, you went over your, your salvation experience. And told us how you got saved uh, by reading a track. A track is a piece of paper or a pamphlet that has uh, a story on it. And uh, religious track, uh, Christian religious track, has the uh, uh, explains how to trust in Christ and be saved. And right. you just picked one up one evening, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, I just. And- I went on watch, and uh, you know the Lord, Lord put that there through some other individual. I'm sure. Um, in fact, I think I know who it might have been, John. Um, there was a person that was uh, a religious, a religious nature. We thought, and uh, you know, he was a little bit different than the rest of us. And now I look back on that, and I see that probably that individual left that track for someone to to what to uh, look at and to be. His life to be changed, and thank God that He did. Thank God that that person see was faithful. He was faithful to the Lord, and I'm saved as a result of it. Uh, and that's Amen. the reason why you should, we should be doing more. I guess. Amen. And and anybody that listens to this and that uh, would like uh, some information on how to trust in Christ and be saved and and know the best way to go through a tribulation or way to know the best way to go through life, uh, this one and the next. Uh, you can go to our website at www.whitestoneministries.net, uh, email me, uh, call me, uh, uh, phone number and emails at that website, and um, we'll send you out material uh, to explain how to uh, uh, know that you're uh, going to be set for the tribulation and for eternity and this life. Um, my life right now is... Uh, totally totally uh more interesting and more exciting and 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 the blessings that god gives me now uh compared to what i uh, what i experienced before i trusted in christ is like night and day amen and so yeah. amen right amen. And, and so don't miss out any longer uh and please uh contact us and we'll be uh more than happy to uh send you out information so I'm going to close with um, my my kids, my grandkids, uh, quoting some scripture. And, Brother Ken, until next time, God bless you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, thank you, Brother John. Thank you for everyone. Jude 121, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. My name is Austin Wadsworth. I love Jesus. Second Corinthians. 1314. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost 
be with you all. Amen. My name is Leslie Wadsworth, and the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior.